Welcome into a brand new episode of the Ithacans podcast, How I See Sports. I'm your host, Cal Domowski. And I'm your host, Caitlin Maniscalco. Joining us tonight is junior guard Riley Thompson from the men's basketball team. But before we bring Riley on, let's take a look at the Bombers so far this season. The Bombers are 3-3 three and three and are fresh off an 82-73 win over Wells College. Riley, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Um, so let's just start in Ithaca right now. Last year, you were named a captain as a sophomore. Getting that phone call or me being called in the Coach Mullen's office, what was that like? Uh, it was awesome. I mean, that's something that, you know, goes well beyond, you know, any amount of points you can score, you know, any stats you put up, any of those, like, type of accolades. To get named the captain as a sophomore, mm-hmm. you know, when you've only been playing college ball for a year at yeah. that point, you've only gone through one season. Uh, I was incredibly honored to get that call, but excited at the same time because I believe that, you know, I was right for that. But, you know, also humbled at the same time. Yeah. Was that something that you had a goal of doing coming into Ithaca, or was it just completely something that was like, if it happens, it happens, if it doesn't, it doesn't? Uh, in a way, you know, it was a mixture of both. Yeah. I thought that, you know, coming in, I just had to approach everything, you know, on a day-by-day basis at this level. That's what it is. You know, nothing's guaranteed. Nobody's guaranteed to, you know, succeed at this level. But, you know, I had confidence in myself that I could come in and make a name for myself, but also be a real team guy. Mm-hmm. And if that, if I ever got to the point where, you know, things started going well and I got named a captain, I was going to be ready for it. Yeah. I probably wasn't expecting to be that, you know, as a sophomore, yeah. maybe as a junior, or as a senior, but, you know, I feel like I was ready for it. Was it weird as a sophomore, kind of, you know, not controlling or bossing but you know like helping out and kind of giving guidance and pointers to like juniors and seniors yeah it was a little different I was the youngest kid in the you know the starting lineup last Mm -hmm. year they're the youngest of the three captains you know so it's it's a difficult you know kind of scenario in some cases because you got juniors and seniors kids that are older than you you know sitting the bench behind you they're not captains you know you got to approach it maybe less Last year, I was less of like a vocal leader, mm-hmm. more of a lead by example guy. Obviously, yeah. still f- feel free to pitch in when I, you know, need to. But yeah. if I just went out there and showed what I could do, do the right things, work hard, um, do the little things that help teams be successful, the other guys started respecting me more when I, they saw that I would do those things. Now, as a junior in your second year as a captain, what are the biggest things that you've improved upon as a leader? Well, I feel like you go through a year of, you know, league, Liberty League play. My mm-hmm. freshman year, we were in the E8. We made the switch to Liberty League play last year. And I think it's a better league top to bottom, more yeah. physical, more rough. You know, you get another a year under your belt of that. And you have two years overall as a college player. But as a freshman, you know, for half the year, I wasn't really, you know, scoring as much. I was coming off the bench mm-hmm. until maybe like the last seven, eight games. Um, sophomore year was really my first experience. Yeah being like one of the leading scorers, being more of like a leader on the team. Mm-hmm. Now with that year behind me, I had two more years coming into this year yeah. to really you know build off of that. And I, this year I just feel incredibly experienced, like more experienced than the average junior. Yeah. With a year being a captain under my belt and two years of getting heavy minutes, you know, I feel like a senior out there on the floor who's mm-hmm. a junior. Yeah, that's gotta be a good feeling. It definitely is. The game, it, you know, it feels a lot easier. And it's not always just talent-wise. Yeah. Like, you can always go home over the summer and get better, work harder. And, you know, I feel like I definitely did that. But 
being experienced. Yeah. If you didn't even improve your skills at all, just going through another year, you're gonna get better because you're more prepared for what's gonna happen, the daily grind of things, you know? Yeah, oh, absolutely. So, Riley, when I've seen you play, there are a ton of emotions and a lot of excitement that you bring to the court that personally, like, I appreciate when watching games. Where do you think that drive comes from? You know, I just really love being out there and I love the game, you know? I wouldn't be here putting in all that work if it weren't for the fact that I love the game and I love my teammates and I love playing for the Ithaca Bombers, you know? Uh, as any D3 athlete would say or any college athlete, it's a lot of work. Why would you do it if you're not going to go out there and have fun and if it doesn't matter to you, you know? I'm trying to, you know, not only have a good time out there and have fun, but I care. I, I want to win. I want to succeed individually. I want the guys around me to succeed individually. So I'm, I'm not going to hold back, it, you know, when I'm out there on the floor. Is that something that – is that a way you always played, like, growing up, or is that something that kind of started when you came to Ithaca? Yeah, I think it was something I – you know, I play like that in high school, I think. And I've always tried to find, like, the balance of being poised with showing emotion. And I think I've done a pretty good job of that over the years. And you mold yourself as the years goes on and you gain more experience. But, yeah, I definitely was always someone that was inclined to show emotion on the floor. And then do you think that boosts the morale of the team when you guys are behind the game, like them looking at you and seeing that you're still so excited after scoring? Yeah, it's. I just try to show that, you know, if you bring energy – and you really care about something, it can mask, you know, a lack of, you know, talent, maybe a lack of athleticism, a lack of size. If you really care about something, it's going to boost you and the guys around you and make for a better team. Riley, I noticed, I noticed something interesting uh, at the home opener against SUNY Cortland, and it wasn't anything to do with the game. It was actually something to do with the jersey number. You'd, you'd worn number five for the past two years, freshman, sophomore year, but this year made the switch to number three. Now... Mark Chase was number three for his entire career here. Was there a little, was that changed to number three for that reason or a different reason? Uh, it was, I was always number three in high school. Oh, okay. And okay. that was the number I wanted. But uh, Mark is a really good friend of mine, one of my, you know, real close friends. And he was, a, you know, a leader. He kind of groomed me mm -hmm. to replace him as, like, the guy, I guess you could say. Yeah. And, you know, he wanted, I talked to him about it. I was like, are you going to have a problem if I take number three? And he said, no, go for it. Yeah. So I just took it and uh, that's that. Right. I was I, just something I just something I saw and it was uh, really interesting, um, but uh, kind of going back to the games, next two games against number seventeen Rochester and then number three or number four Hamilton. Those are big games, ranked games. How important are those games in such a young season for you guys? They're important, but it's not like the BL end all. It's mm -hmm. not league play. It's yeah. two out of league games, so it's not going to affect our league record. But it's a very good barometer for where we are. Uh, you know, you're only six games into the season, and the way D3 basketball works is you realistically have to win your conference tournament yeah. to get in. And the Liberty League, six of the ten teams get in the conference tournament, and the winner of that tournament goes to the NCAA tournament. So we want – these type of games test us. Yeah. We believe we're good enough to solidly get in that top six, so we just got to win big games when we get there. And these two type of games are games that are going to prepare you for that. And we've played Rochester the last two years. They've been ranked – I think my freshman year we went to OT with them at home, lost a tough one, and mm -hmm. that Rochester team ended up being top 10 and going to the Elite Eight. Yeah. And last year they were ranked 15th, and we beat them on the road in a close game. Yeah. So we're not afraid of them. And Hamilton, we've heard you know great things about that program. We're not going to take them lightly. Obviously we can't. Yes. We're just going to go out there and really compete. And you, know, you can't always play the scoreboard in games like that. We're a young team. 
getting better as we go along. That's a really established, well-oiled machine of a program that's, if you're ranked in the top five, you're there for a reason. So I'm very excited. I think the rest of the team is too. And you mentioned last year's Liberty League playoff format, the, the six teams. Guys are 15 and 11 last year, made, got into that, got into that playoff, um, playoff contention, eventually lost 68-62 to Skidmore. You actually hurt your ankle the game right before playoffs. How difficult was that playing in you know, such a, an emotional playoff game for those seniors who had little postseason experience uh, and for you to be injured? Uh, it was tough. I, I sprained my ankle pretty badly before that season had started, mm -hmm. and it – Honestly, it subsided at the beginning of the season. Um, but at the end of the season went on. I was, you know, the way I was getting guarded, playing a lot of minutes, it was taking a physical toll. I also had a really bad bruised ribs yeah. in that game, too. I definitely wasn't 100%, but a lot of guys weren't. I'm, there were probably kids on the other team that weren't, kids on our team, other kids on our team. But, you know, it was tough. You always want to be 100% for those really big games. And it was tough for us because I think the way the seating worked, we got a home game against a team that was ranked yeah. in the league, technically lower than us, but they had the player of the year in the league, and it was a well-established program that's been to many NCAA tournaments. They were way better than their record showed. Yeah, They were realistically a top-two team in our league, and it was a really tough game for us. Um, was very upset with how that, that game went, but you got to learn from it. Yeah, Was there one big takeaway that you had from it? Uh, just you got to keep working, you yeah. know? You're never, you know, for everything we accomplished as a team last year, all that, you know, you go into the off season, you got to look at what you can get better at it as an individual and as a team. And uh, that game, a lot of kids, returners, returners like Matt Flood, Peter Azima, Sebastian, uh, we all looked at that game as like, we got to get it this summer. We got to yeah. come back better, especially when you lose Mark Chase, who scored like 1,700 points, and Carol and Joey and Tyler, those kids. We knew we had to shoulder an even bigger load this year. Tell you, Sebastian looks like he can bench press 500 pounds with, the, <laughs> with that chest and arms. Yeah, My big gosh. Kid. Yeah, big guy, big guy. Um, so I'm on the softball team here, and we have certain like drills and workouts that we do in February, so preseason, to prepare us for March and April. So, what do you believe are the biggest proponents that you guys do in the off season and preseason that prepare you guys for the winter? Well, when we get here in the fall, we have this thing we call the Saturday Morning Breakfast Club. So 7 a.m. or 8 a.m. varies depending on the week. We get up and we do some form of conditioning, whether it's a, a gorge run, um, a couple miles, another form of conditioning, like a MRF, which is like a mixture of running a couple miles and then like push-ups, pull-ups, all that stuff. Oh, gosh. And, you know, it, it teaches <laughs> discipline because, you know, you guys always want to do their thing on Friday nights. You know, it's just a common thing. But, you know, we really had guys committed. We did it last year, too, and I think that was a difference for why we made the playoffs that year. My freshman year, we didn't do anything like that, and mm -hmm. we didn't have a great season. It's just a discipline thing where it shows guys are really caring about, you know, what they're doing. And it, as much as the conditioning itself helps you, it's like the, the idea that we're committed to this. It's, it's September. Other people are, you know, looking to go out. You hear all your friends talking about it, but, you know, we stayed disciplined and bonded as a team behind the fact that we're going to work hard together. That probably helps, like, the mental aspect too, right? Like, that leads on into the season because if you're down, like, a certain amount of points, you're exhausted, just think back to that like, 7 a.m. Whenever we're, you know, at a tough moment in a game, say it's tied with a minute left or something like that, we had a couple games down in Gettysburg. One of them we ended up winning by two, but it was very tight late. And I would say in the huddle right before we got out, like, remember what we worked for. 
we were getting up, we were sweating at 7.30 a.m. on a Saturday, you know, thinking about how much this wasn't fun. <laughs> but, you know, now these are the moments that we did that for. So let's go show what we can do. What has been the craziest workout that you guys done on one of those 7 a.m.s? Uh, honestly, I think the, the gorge run is a little rough. I mean, because go, we go down there, we run down there, and then, like, we stop for a second just to, like, catch ourselves. Then we got to run uphill all the way back. At least for me, that was the roughest one because it's – combination of a couple miles of distance you're already tired because you ran a couple miles down there and you're running back uphill from like the back side of campus it's very early in the morning guys are tired that one tests your, your mental and physical toughness probably a nice view over there right though? yeah very nice view. <laughs> very nice view does uh does coach burton run with you guys um i think he did he i don't know if he was keeping up with us <laughs> he likes to say that oh yeah i could have but <laughs> yeah like all good coaches. <laughs> um, I think one of the coolest things about the basketball teams here and about winter sports is that when you guys get back from the holiday break, you guys come back early. I think it's, what, December 28th, you said? Yeah, the 27th the 27th. 28th. I don't know the exact date. Yeah, but you get the rest of that winter break, almost a full month, to just kind of bond as a team. What are you guys doing to grow closer during that season, during that stretch? Uh, you know, we're just, we go to our practice whenever that is throughout the day, mm -hmm. try to get guys in for some extra workouts, and then... I remember, you know, the last two years we try to, you know, always hang out as a team, do mm -hmm. things, because there's a variety of, you know, classes on the team, yeah. freshman through senior. And I just remember coming in as a freshman, like, Mark, when I was a freshman, there were no seniors on the team. Like, the juniors technically were the seniors. Yeah. Those guys year. did a really good job mm -hmm. making everyone on the team feel like they were family. And that's the one thing about this team that, you know, you can win a certain amount of games you know, have a certain amount of talent on your team. But I've ever since I've got here, I felt like everyone in that locker room is great friends with one another. We always yeah. have each other's backs. So that winter break time, you're spending even more time with each other because you're not really worrying about schoolwork. There's no one else up here. So it's not like you're yeah. hanging out with any other kids. That's where you really bond and you get ready for that, you know, tough stretch that, of the season where you got to win some big games going towards playoffs. Yeah. Well, I guess with no schoolwork, there's just a ton of NBA 2K in that free yeah, time. Yeah, there's a lot of video <laughs> games. I ex probably expect a lot of Fortnite and 2K <laughs> coming for the month of January. Who's the Who's the best 2K player on the team? Uh, I think Sebastian's pretty good. Honestly, oh, yeah? I we're more of a Fortnite team. More of a Fortnite team. Yeah, wow. I vote, I'm more of a Fortnite guy too, but Seabass is good at 2K. He's way better than yeah. me. There's probably some other kids on the team I'm not thinking of that are good. Yeah, you'll you'll find out in January. Yeah, right? we'll find out. That's the big month. How many Fortnite wins you got? I got 13. 13. Wow, <laughs> that's more than uh, my entire house put together. Honestly, <laughs> we've got a combined total of two, Riley. <laughs> it's not a lot when you think about it. Yeah, that we always have it on in our house. <sighs> We're just sitting there rotating. Yeah, at probably every night since like last January or wow. February, wherever I've lived. Last year it was in Emerson. Now it's downtown. It's always been the same thing. There's always a TV with Fortnite on. Mm -hmm. Kids are <laughs> rotating between it. So over time, you get better. Like anything, the yeah. more you play, you rack up some lucky wins. Yeah, of course. There's, trust me, I'm not one of the better players <laughs> out there. My last question about Fortnite. How many games do you think you've played? Uh, tons. Thousands. Thousands. <laughs> thousands. And I wasn't a big video guy, game guy growing yeah. up, so I wasn't good at first. Mm -hmm. Definitely got better as time went on. Do you use that as like a mental stress reliever? Like yeah, it's it's definitely a fun thing to do. Yeah. You know, when you go through a hard day of you know practice, lifting, and you got some schoolwork to do, and you sit yeah. down, and you get like an hour to yourself before you go to bed. It's just a nice thing to do. And bouncing that schoolwork as a student athlete, I mean, that must have been hard freshman year, kind of adjusting to that. But now as a junior, you still you 
figured out some quirks and some things that you know help you with that? I just think I'm more disciplined in like yeah. my time use and like I know what it's because I've been through it before. Mm -hmm. It's not as much like maybe like the work itself isn't the challenge. It's just you got to stay disciplined every day. And there's going to yeah. be mornings you wake up and you're sore and you want to go back to bed, mm -hmm. but you got to get up and out of bed. And you know, it's a day by day thing. You got to take it day by day when you're a student athlete. Coaches keep you guys in check with that stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Like mandatory study hours, as I know a lot of teams do that. Honestly, like our team doesn't doesn't need that because mm -hmm. we don't really have ever, any problems with wow. that stuff. Uh, usually have multiple guys on the all-academic team. There's no one ever in danger of being academically ineligible. Yeah, it's a, it's a solid group of kids, and I think the coaches know that. They recruit good kids, yeah. and they know they're not going to have to worry about when it comes to academics. There's probably other teams throughout the country – Coach knows he's got to hassle them to get in the library, get their assignments done, yeah. go to class. His team isn't one of them. Yeah, they really recruit student athletes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So I know for any sport, not just basketball, um, when the freshmen come in, obviously it's a transition adjusting to them. What has that been like? Because I saw that the freshmen have been rotated in pretty frequently in the past games. Yeah, I think we have of our 17 kids, nine are freshmen. So it's a very young team. But, you know, every year since I've got here, freshmen have been a part of the rotation. When I was a freshman, I think me and two other kids, Sebastian and this kid Gabe, who's no longer here at the school, were playing solid minutes. And then last year, uh, Cooper Macklin and Brian Carr, who are still on the team, they were playing minutes as a freshman too. Usually there's two or three guys that are coming in. But this year when you have nine freshmen and, you know, two, three, four of them are playing and there's another four or five that are on the bench and, they're nine freshmen at practice at a college practice that they've never been through before. You got to lead them by example and vocal. They just simply haven't been through it before. And I remember when I was a freshman, you know, coming in, you look to guidance of the older kids, the returning players. Like I look to players like Mark Chasen and yeah. Carol Rich when I was a freshman. I know that those kids are looking to me in the same way I look to them. So I got to do everything knowing that they're watching me. Yeah. Leading by example and leading vocally as well. Has there anything that you guys have done in practice to help adjust with that or no? Uh, just yeah. within practice, I'll talk to them if, if something might be, you know, moving too fast for them because the, the pace of a college practice is fast. We're going from one thing to another. There's certain drills we do that they're not going to know and have experience with that I do. So, and the coaches sometimes, you know, they're always fired up. You know, they might not have the patience that someone like me will have. I'll pull them aside, just tell them, you know, you got to be really positive with some of these kids, you know, because their confidence can get shot quickly if, you know, they're here, if things don't go well success-wise on the floor, and if, you know, the coach is yelling at them, it, they can become, they can be shot, their confidence, and confidence is one of the biggest things at this level. So you always got to build those kids up because they're, not only are some of them a big part of the program now, they are the program in the future. I know for us, our coach always says, like, I don't coach freshmen. Like, I just coach you all as a whole. Does your coach do that as well? Yeah, he, he's coaching the whole group. And, um, you know, he doesn't – our coach doesn't see, you know, class in the way that, like, if you're one of the best players, you're going to play. It's it, – there's no allegiance to seniors and juniors in terms of, like, if you're not – if there's a freshman that's better than you, you're going to – he's going to play. That's just the way it is. And uh, – you know, Mullins and uh, Coach Burton as well. Mm -hmm. They got a lot on their plate trying to run a team. It's hard when you got two coaches and 17 guys yeah. to focus on grooming freshmen when you got 
five, six returners in your rotation you still got to worry about too. So to give that extra help to the freshman, it's definitely something that the, me and Matt Flood, the other captain, really have to focus on. So one of the biggest things, uh, I guess, for athletes is dieting and making sure you're eating the right foods. I'm guessing a lot of fruits and vegetables for you, right, Riley? Yep, absolutely. And I think one of the coolest things about being a broadcaster is the fact that I don't have to follow that. So <laughs> a lot of the times I'm indulging in McDonald's, the Whoppers from Burger King, and of course, candy. And so I have to ask you, Riley, one of the biggest questions that you're going to get all year, what is your favorite Starburst? Flavor or color? I don't know what the kids are calling it. Uh, pink. I'm pink. A pink guy. Pink guy. Pink wow. Guy. So that you, again, very, very popular choice on our podcast here. Caitlin and I are big fans of the yellow. Is that weird? Because a, lot of, people, a weird. lot of people don't like that. I think that, yeah, I've seen probably more people than not don't choose yellow as yeah. their favorite. But that being said, I'm not going to hate on yellow. All the Starbursts are good. If you had Love to, that. You had, so pink's your favorite. But if you were given four Starbursts and you had to eat them in an order of the way that you'd prefer them, pink obviously goes first. Where does yellow rank among them? And then I think where, it is, it is going to be fourth. I think oh I'm gonna, wow! I think I'm going pink, red, orange, yellow. Right. Pink, red, orange, yellow. Yikes! But it's more not a good about look. how good the pink and red and orange are. That's as opposed to how bad the yellow is. So. Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> very very political answer right there. Kind of moving it fast. I like that. Um, this year, you've obviously taken on a big role, bigger role when it comes to scoring the ball and handling the ball. Um, last year, you kind of had a little bit more of a breakout season where you and Mark shared the load. This year, a lot of it, you know, runs through you. And so, being a decision maker and having that ball in your hands, what are, what are some things that you do to make sure that you're being effective when you have possession? Yeah, like you said, you know, you have some a player of Mark caliber, Mark's caliber, you know, leading the way with you. Mm -hmm. It makes things easier. I mean, yeah. he's a great player. He's accomplished so much. Um, to be out there with him last year, you know, you feel like you can not rest up a little, but you, you feel good knowing that there's a player like that right there to lead. It's been through it. You know, he was the guy for multiple years before that. Mm -hmm. And then this year, you step into a new role where you got a lot of freshmen and you, a lot's expected of you. You know. I feel every time I step on the floor, there like last year where if I had a bad game, Mark could have a great game and you know people wouldn't even notice. We'd yeah. probably still win. This year, it's more the case where if I don't have a good game, it's going to be tough for the team to you know have success. Mm -hmm. But this summer, I went home. I was well aware of what was coming my way. Yeah, felt like I prepared myself both physically and you know you got to prepare yourself mentally for that too. You can do so many drills, you can work out so many times. You have to know mentally what it's like. When I'm out there, I just I'm confident in what I do. I feel like I work really hard in the off season, and in terms of scouting and game prep, I'm always very prepared come game time. That when I get out there, that's the fun part. You know, that's when I'm not thinking as much, more just doing, playing within myself. Mm -hmm. All the reps we get as a team with our offense, our defensive slides, all that. When I'm out there, the game kind of slows down. And that's the easy part. Just go out there, have fun, play hard. Now we were talking off. We were talking off the record earlier before the podcast, and you mentioned a really interesting story that I, I really do want to talk about. So th when you were being recruited, obviously you said Ithaca College was among some of the smaller schools, but then there was an opportunity with Villanova. Talk a, l talk a little bit about that. Uh, yeah, well, my high school coach was Derek Wright, Jay yeah. Wright's brother. Wow, that's so cool. And um, <laughs> you know, they coach very similar styles, and um, he got me – invited to practice the fall of um, my freshman year. So mm -hmm. this is right after they had won the national championship against UNC, hit that crazy shot, Chris Jenkins. Oof. I was really making my college decision a week after that. 
And um, that's a lot of emotion, right? <laughs> I had the opportunity to go to practice with a guy. I mean, Chris Jenkins was on the team. The guy who just hit the national championship game winning shot. I would have been, you know, on the floor with him. And it would have been a great opportunity, but I, I made a decision that I felt was best for me where I could go write my own legacy. Mm-hmm. And uh, two and a half years later, looking back at it, there's not a thing I would change. I'm, ended, I'm gonna That's end good. it on that note. <laughs> Riley, thanks for joining us tonight. Really Absolutely. appreciate it. Thank you for having me. The Bombers will be back in action home next Tuesday, December 11th against number 17 Rochester at 8 p.m. in Ben Light Gymnasium. Thank you for tuning in to the Ithacans podcast, How I See Sports. I'm Caitlin Maniscalco. And I'm Cal Domowski. And you've been listening to How I See Sports.